Well, our scripture passage, our featured psalm for today, and the basis for today's message comes from Psalm 23. Hear these familiar words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. You restore my soul, O Lord, and guide me along right pathways for your name's sake. Though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word of the Lord. People of God, May the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. Over in the house where I live, it is very, very common, especially in the evenings as we all kind of settle in from after the day's activities, maybe we're watching TV or reading a book or whatever. It's very, very common to find all of us huddled up under a blanket. And it doesn't even matter the time of year. Now, of course, it happens more often in the wintertime when things are just cold and dark. But we even tend to do it in the summertime when we've got the air conditioner going on and we're so used to the hot weather outside that the cool air of of the air conditioner makes us cold and so we bundle up under blankets as well. Because of this, we have a lot of different blankets, many, many different ones, and many different styles and many different colors and many different types of blankets all around. But there's one in particular that is the most commonly sought after in my house. It's a quilt. And it was made by my grandmother for me many years ago in celebration of my high school graduation. So this quilt has been around for a long time. And in fact, it found its way into a box years ago. And then in a conversation around the time when one of my quite a bit younger cousins was graduating high school, we, I was talking with a few different family members and one of my aunts said, oh yeah, grandma made a quilt for all of you kids. You should have one somewhere. And I went to digging and I found it and it's marvelous. It's made out of my grandpa's old old denim, like patches of old denim that are common for a lot of old time farmers that they used to wear all the time. It's this wonderful, wonderful, heavy, just gorgeous quilt. It's grandma's quilt and it's just wonderful. It's the one that we all want. It's, it's heavy, it's, it's comforting, it's just glorious. This quilt, and really any blanket, but this quilt in particular, it's one of those that when you snuggle up under it, especially if you're feeling bad. Maybe if you're having a bad day or maybe you don't feel so well because you're a little sick or whatever. It's one of those things that you can just wrap it around yourself, envelop yourself in it, and just be comforted by the presence of this thing that you are completely surrounded by, completely wrapped up in. It's, it's really one of those things that I think makes a lot of sense to us on a very deep level. Maybe we can't even put it into words, but it's a comfort. Now I want to bring all that up because I think this idea of being comforted is something that's present in this psalm that we have shared together today. Psalm 23, arguably one of the best known passages in all of scripture, either Old Testament or New Testament combined. We run into this psalm a lot. It's featured within the lectionary quite commonly. But one, it's one of those psalms, it's one of those passages that tends to come up whenever we find individuals who are in some sort of hardship. I have oftentimes heard people talk about this psalm in in moments of of doubt, in moments of of seemingly insurmountable uh, 
things that are happening in, in their world, in their life, in their experience, and they don't quite know how to get around it. They, they come back to this one. And perhaps most commonly and even most fittingly, we tend to find this psalm featured in many, many situations of funerals. It is, seems to be synonymous with offering comfort in painful times. It's very brief, it's not very long, but this short passage tends to give us that sense of peace that so many people turn to and long to, long to feel in those moments. And I think that that's why it is so wonderful, why we continue to come back to it. Sometimes the simplest things like a psalm or the simplest things like wrapping up in a warm, cozy, snuggly quilt made by our grandmothers, sometimes those are the things that can give us the most comfort in those difficult times. When I realized this was our featured psalm this week, I was drawn to it simply because of all these reasons that we've already been talking about, because it is a comfort. I thought about some of the other passages that were featured, and of course we utilized the, the reading out of Philippians that reminds us of God's presence with us and the peace of God that comes to us because of God's presence. But none of the other ones really seemed overly fitting as we continue to experience this ongoing life, this ongoing experience, this ongoing reality that is 2020. It's strange to consider how many different things this year has thrown at us. Any one of them on their own would probably be considered fairly minor. I mean, of course, there are exceptions to that, but any one thing, it'd be kind of like, eh, okay, that's not great, but, but we're dealing with it and we're getting past it. But good Lord, folks, hasn't it gone on and on and on and on this year? It's been relentless. It was odd, as I thought about this passage, as I was preparing for this message, I was thinking back to the beginning of the year the beginning of January, where at least here in our little corner of the world, we didn't really even have that much winter snow to deal with. The biggest issue that we were concerned about was extreme cold and whether or not our car would start in the morning. And then February came around and we began to hear these little glimmers, these little messages about some virus that's happening over in Asia and we don't really know very much about it and, and we're not quite sure what to think about it but but it, it's out there but we're not really too concerned at least here in our little corner of the world it's just kind of over there and and that's kind of the thing but then we heard more reports and we heard more reports and we heard more reports and then we moved into March and by March things had started to happen here in the United States Specifically out on, on the coast was mainly where we were beginning to see things. And folks, I've got some friends who were out on the west coast, so I was hearing a little bit more and, and was hearing about their experience. And I was concerned about it, but I wasn't thinking too much of it. At that point, we're basically all like, hey, make sure you wash your hands and don't touch your face. This thing, it, it's not that big of a deal. And then at different times around that, that time frame, give or take a few weeks or a month, depending on where you're at, we all had our moment when things really started to blow up. For us, it was the middle of March. It was literally the middle of March. It was the 15th. It was the last time uh, that we had worship together here in the sanctuary prior to just a week ago. And we were starting to hear everyone around us was kind of starting to think, oh, this thing is starting to make its way through the United States and it's really making its way through the world. And, and this thing is bigger and, 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 and stranger and more difficult to control than any of us had thought about. And next thing we knew, we were in a full-blown worldwide pandemic, something that none of us have, have experienced in our lifetimes unless you happen to be over 100 years old and you can remember the Spanish flu. Certainly these things have happened in, in human history, but for us, this is new. 
And it wasn't just the pandemic. It wasn't just this unknown virus that, that, that was causing issues, but it was all the different things around it. It was all the different, different news situations that we were hearing about. And we'd hear about this situation. We'd hear about this situation. We'd hear about this and we hear about this and we were getting conflicting information all the time and we didn't know what to think and that really hasn't changed. It's still become the same. And then things began to get politicized and we began to think of your reaction to this is a political statement and folks, that's just utterly ridiculous, but that's what we're experiencing. And then mother nature started throwing all kinds of stuff at us. Wildfires in the West still burning like crazy. The smoke that's affecting us here and causing all kinds of allergic reactions in people. We have a record number of tropical storms coming across the, the Atlantic Ocean and hitting the southwest or the southeast portion of our country. They're still happening and they're still going on and there's still more of them out there. That's another thing. We've had record drought here in our little corner of the country. We had murder hornets come on. And I mean, I, I can't even think about that. We've had the reality of social distancing, a phrase that I had never even considered prior to this year that's now just a reality and, and having to stay distanced from one another and wondering, is this a safe thing to do or is this, is this okay? And, and the anxiety that comes with all that. We came up with a new word, derecho, here in, in, in Iowa and, and throughout parts of the Midwest, which apparently is an old word, but how many of us had heard that one before? It's just been situation after situation after situation after situation, one thing after another, after another, after another, and the anxiety just continues to build. And all of these things, all of these little events that at any given time would be like, okay, that's something we got to deal with, but then it's over and done with. They just keep going. Maybe for you, there's other situations. Maybe there's sickness outside of COVID. Maybe there's a cancer diagnosis. Maybe there's a loved one who's dealing with someone or with something. Maybe there's, there's someone in your family dealing with dementia or, or just physical decline that comes with aging, or maybe there's some new diagnosis. I mean, all kinds of things could be going on. Maybe it's the, the loss of job or loss of income. Maybe it's the unknown nature of the way that school is happening now with, with, with different things happening and different approaches. And maybe it's the different way that we're all working remotely whenever possible and we're trying to deal with that. It's just one thing after another, after another, after another that continue to build up. Each one of these little things that just darken our day ever so slightly, or they darken our week, or they darken our month, or they darken this entire stinking year. And together they all begin to build up to the point where that's all we can see is the darkness of all these things combined and we're in that dark valley and the sun is hard to see. I can't help but think that this year is the epitome of that dark valley that the psalmist is talking about in the middle of this passage. Now folks, we're gonna come back to it again. Why this passage? Why is it so fitting? Why does it feel comforting? Why do we turn to this passage in these moments of despair, in these moments of pain, in these moments of sadness and anguish that kind of keep coming on? Why do we turn to it and why is it so comforting? And I think it's comforting because we are reminded of the presence of God with us even in the midst of the dark valley. Sometimes I've called all these little things that go on. In the past, I've called them little deaths. It's not literal death, although sometimes it can be. But they're little deaths, these little things that just hinder the, the good life, the good existence that God desires for all of us, that I think we all desire for ourselves. These little things, these little tiny deaths that happen 
Maybe they build up one after another, after another, after another, after another. And maybe this is where the King James Version is a little bit better for us today. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And maybe all that shadow that's coming at us is all these little deaths that continue to build up. We are reminded, I am comforted for you, God, are with me. I am comforted by your rod and your staff. These are the instruments of a shepherd. And that's the imagery that we're given in this passage. The Lord is my shepherd. Well, folks, back when this was written, back in the the days of the the earliest time of the kingdom of Israel, back in the days of King David, you know, thousand-ish years before Jesus was around. The imagery in, in the Israelite culture, the imagery of a shepherd was given to the leaders, specifically the kings, the ones who are tasked with guiding the people, with, with leading them, with caring for them, with taking care of them. That's what a shepherd was. So this is, in, in saying this, the psalmist, the person who is uttering this is, is saying, I do not look to human leaders for this because the Lord is the one who cares for me. And what I really love about this ongoing imagery, as simple as it seems to be, it's still incredibly, incredibly deep. And there is so much depth to be explored within this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And yet he is with me in the dark valleys. And his goodness and mercy shall follow me, shall pursue me all the days of my life. Folks, I thought about the imagery of this, and we could get into the idea of where's the dark valley and and how do we compare that with the the still waters that flow, and we can just think about that. Well, you know where the dark valley is around a river. It's where it's cutting down, and there's canyons, and there's shadows, and you don't even know what might be looking at you in there, what might be stalking you in there, what might be coming your way because you can't see into it. And then when we get the still waters and the green pastures, that's in the big open valleys where things are nice and calm. And we are reminded in this psalm that God is with us in both. God is present in both. He leads us to one, he's with us in another, and he's pursuing us in yet another. And that is the thing that really grabs me, and that's what I really, really thought about and why I brought up this idea of the comforting quilt in the first place. Because think about where is the Lord found where the Lord is leading me. That means the Lord is before me. The Lord is with me in the midst of those dark valleys, the valley of the shadow of death. When it's so dark, we can't even see the sunlight. The Lord is still present in those times when it's too dark for us to see it. And then surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, shall pursue me is a better translation of it. The goodness and mercy of God, the kindness of God, the mercy, the grace of God will follow me. It pursues me throughout the course of my life, all my life long, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's what it says. We have a God who is before us, a God who's with us and around us, and a God who's behind us. We are surrounded, we are enveloped, and perhaps we are comforted by the promise that we are given because of the claim of God upon each of us, because of the claim that God places upon us, not only in baptism, but simply because we are God's beloved children as fellow members of humanity. God loves us so much, and God will never abandon us, even in the moments when it is so dark we have trouble seeing that. Folks, this has been a dark week. There's been stuff going on for me personally, and I'm not going to start whining at you and tell you what all they are, but this was one of those weeks where I'm like, you know, it's kind of hard to see the good stuff. But then when you stop and think about it, when you really stop and you take that moment to just ponder and maybe you turn off the noise for just 
couple of minutes and you think about it and you say, Lord, what's been good today? You begin to see those little things, those little tiny glimmers. And maybe they're small, but they are still present. And they reveal the goodness that is still present in this world. Yes, this world is broken. Yes, this world is flawed. Yes, this world is not as it could be and as God wants it to be and as it should be. And the same is true for us and the existence that we live, but there is still good in it. And I believe that God leads us to see those things. He leads me to still waters and green pastures where I can be calm, where I can relax, where I can be comforted by the simple presence of the world that's around me. Folks, if you are today finding yourself in the, along the still waters and along those green pastures, wonderful. I am so, so glad. Share that light, share that joy with others who are around you because it's worth sharing. And folks, if on the flip side, you're finding yourself in the dark valley where things just continue to pile up and all those little deaths are going on so much that you can't even see the glimmer of light, know that you are not alone, even if it doesn't feel like it. That is the promise we are given in the scriptures. That is the promise that we wrap ourselves up in. And may it be a sense of hope and may it be a sense of peace that is promised to you in the scriptures. May that be your reality today.